Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year that matter. Yay. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corder. Cause I love you. There has been no one that has taken over the zeitgeist of 2019 than Lizzo. And it is apropos that uh, on the day that we are recording this, I checked on uh, Reddit and found out that there is a leak, a possible leak, as to who the headliners are for Bonnaroo 2020. And on the top line, you've got Tool, you've got Tame Impala, and Lizzo. I saw it. All right, so uh, we'll get into that here in a second, but there's so much to talk about, and uh, I guess the moment demands us to talk a little Bonnaroo. In the middle of the winter, in the middle of our deathly cold uh, Arctic blast that's taken over Chattanooga, Tennessee, I guess it's time for us to uh, to talk a little bit of it Bonnaroo. It just feels so right. It feels right. So wherever yep. you may be in the Arctic blast that you're feeling, uh, we're feeling it too. That's Barry Corder from the Chattanooga Times Free Press. I'm Brad uh, from... Hits 96 Radio in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Now, uh, I guess it's not an official third season episode. It's really not an official episode whatsoever. It's just two dopes talking Bonnaroo uh, for Bonnarooians by Bonnarooians. I guess we can uh, start into the the changes and some of the things that you actually broke during our yep. live show at the yep. Moxie with the Rubus guys. Right. Well, I wanted to mention that. If you guys haven't heard that, please go back and listen. Nice of those guys to come up. You know, the more I think about that, uh, that's a heck of a thing. They made an effort. I mean, you and I rolled down the hill. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> we did set up camp, so to speak. But um, Yeah, you think about it. Do you think Brad and Barry are driving to Alabama? Probably not going to happen. I don't know. <laughs> don't know. But they were so kind. Yeah, and it was great. They were so much fun. And not only did they come to us, they also uh, we also got joined by our guys Mitch from Camp Redaroo. Yeah. They were phenomenal. Yeah, Mitch they were and so, Kevin. It was, that show was so much fun. Yeah, Mitch and Kevin from... Which which uh, will come up again in our conversation in, here in a few minutes. Is I'm it? Gonna imagine. Well, sure. Group camping is affected by these changes. Oh, that's right. Um, so yeah, but that was really cool of them to come up and just sort of reemphasize the whole. You know, you were kind of half joking about here it is November and we're doing a Bonnaroo episode. Mm-hmm. It's become a year round thing. It so. is, and I, like I said in that show, if you haven't heard it, I just love seeing Bonnaroo people in the wild yeah. because when you see them. You just get this big grin, big goofy grin on your face, and you just want to hug everybody. Yeah, I remember after about the second or third year, and the whole you know radiate positivity. Though to be honest, I don't think I knew it in that phrase, but it was. I remember thinking, why can't people leave here and be nice all the time? Yeah, well, you know, pick up their own trash. I and understand. Just be nice. But, well, uh, you have this thing called cable news. <laughs> you can turn it on, and all hell breaks loose. Yeah. But point being, that's what uh, Daniel and uh, the Rubus and those guys are, are are preaching, and so you know. And boy, do they live it! They live it. 
I mean, that's what I mean. They live it. That's what I mean. I mean, he that's... has got it. I mean, it's not just a it's not just a thing for him. That's who he is. Yeah. Um, and that's how that whole group is. And yep. You I know, am. I wish that I had a little bit more of that. I wish I yeah. <laughs> just a shred more just of it. A couple of minutes a day, maybe. No, that's that's an awful lot to ask me, Barry. Not an even. awful lot. But yeah, back to your question and your point. Uh, yes, on our episode, thanks to Jeff Quayar uh, with AC Entertainment, he was kind enough to that morning uh, give me a call and say, "Hey, the focus, uh, the big change focus for this year is going to be traffic, getting people yeah. in and out of their campsites." And we saw the result of that when this weekend. When did those? those maps come out well i think that i think that when you you say things like when you said it i guess it didn't really resonate with me uh as much as it probably should have like okay that's cute they're gonna do some uh they're gonna do some traffic things adorable yeah Uh, but i i I forget how impactful that is to someone's overall general disposition well you are into the festival we we admit that we are very upfront about that well i i guess it's because it's not just being spoiled and, and being where we are it's it's just such a pedestrian thing that I thought that they would have figured out by now. It's pedestrian until you're sitting in your vehicle. Exactly. Like five hours. That's exactly. Nine right. hours. And then it's, uh, you know, it's all about whose ox is being gored, which is, uh, again, some of the point of the changes that are being made. You know, we have to remind ourselves that, what, 60% of the people are brand new each year. Right. So they will have no idea the changes yeah number and, one and number two it's it's whose ox is being gored and if you by the way that's another one put it down in the berry book who's right ox there with is, bob's bob's your uncle <laughs> you have some of the strangest old man phrases i love them now granted i love them because you are my you're my bonnery dad but ox is being gored you're gonna have to help me on that one. i i i keep telling you brad read a book <laughs> Put the phone down and read a book. I'm still trying to get around to your columns. How can I read a book? <laughs> so, um, no, but I, pedestrian meaning it is something that if look, it's I'll not put, sexy. It's, it's not, not lineup. Sexy. It's not artist. I agree. And I'll put it this way: uh, if you are going to claim to be, well, they don't claim this, but we do uh, claim to be the best ran music festival in the country. Mm-hmm. You got to do the pedestrian stuff right. Yeah. Listen, the things that. We have talked about the things that talked about before we started this podcast and then since. I mean, listen, for 10 years, every time I wrote a story, I mentioned that they planted grass <laughs> and trees. Now, think about how pedestrian that is. But, but it think of the difference everything. it makes. Yeah, now, five years later, it really matters. It makes a huge difference. I mean, we laugh about that Dust Bowl year. Um, we don't have those anymore. You know, because they planted this particular type of grass that's tougher and uh, stands up to 80,000 people and weather and rain. So, again, that's not something that happens overnight. It's not something that is sexy. I don't think anybody, unless you've been there and stood ankle deep in mud, would ask for better grass. Yeah. Uh, But until it happens and you see the result of it. so um, Man, I I can't believe this is just hitting me, but... There is a reason why the dust is so much less. There's a reason. It's because of the grass. Right, and I'll never forget that year stunk. I mean, I was miserable by Sunday. I'll never forget being on the on the bleachers for Iron and Wine and looking back, and I saw nothing below me. It was nothing but yeah. dust. I was convinced I had come home with Legionnaire's disease. <laughs> 
I still am not 100% sure I don't have some <laughs> some no, hangover from no, granted, that. They're, they're not going to get rid of all the dust. No. There's going to be dust. Right, and right. There's going to be a lot of coughing. And I mean, we have one guy at camp that literally all day, every day, all he does Oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. drives me crazy. But there's going to be that. But you're right. The it's an dust, outdoor festival. But but there's but that's that's what's so fascinating about. I guess now I think about it, the unsexy stuff. It's these things that they put into effect that you don't even realize until maybe three, four years down the road. Like, oh yeah, they did do that. That's yep. right. Yeah, they changed all that. And I bet that you know the one that you're going to notice the most this year. If I had to guess, it probably won't be where they arranged campsites and and planted trees and where they didn't, but this year changing up the witch stage, which I I know that I've been very critical and I've gotten people to yell at me about this. I know that they've gotten very upset with me about this, but to have the best sounding stage of any stage I have ever heard in the country on the what, it is damn near the best stage I have ever heard to go 150 yards to its right and hear maybe one of the worst sounding stages in fe- in all the festival in all the festival in the country of any festival in the country is stunning to me and how that works and why it has had such a problem has never made any sense yeah. to me and I've asked people who know this and know it better than I and they can't even give me a straight answer in fact I've even known one of the guys that ran the sound there and he still can't give me an answer for it yeah, well, it's a different shaped space. I don't know. I'm just guessing. That's not my expertise. Um, I've never sat 30, 40, 50 feet from a stage and not been able to hear anything. It is fascinating to me <laughs> how strange all the stages can sound good. And then yeah. the witch, it's like somebody hits the mute button. Yeah. The, the other point, and it's similar, is, you know, this is 20 years old. But they can't fix everything all at once. It's uh, mm-hmm. you're gonna like this one. It's like eating the elephant. Yes. Well, that one I do know. <laughs> you do know that yes. one. I need I need like a colored chart for you. <laughs> <laughs> the, but the 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 witch stage. I I don't know what they mean by changes that they're making. I wish that somebody could, especially Jeff or somebody, can explain to me what it is. You know, they added the screen a couple of years back. Right. Um, they dressed it up a little bit differently last year. But you know what? What do they mean? From what I'm, what what I've gathered is that they're making that as big of an operation as the what stage, and they want that to be a sub headliner sort of space that could equal as big as a headliner. I wonder if they would eliminate the uh, single show onlys like we've had with McCartney and the, some of those where they, you know, nothing else is playing. I don't think so. But the way the that night. I took what was being told to me was that they were going to be going much later with that stage at night. With the witch? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. And take that for a grain of salt. That's not, I'm not saying that I have information about it, but it makes sense that they're going to try and create a much more headline headliner friendly space over there on the witch yeah. than it ever has been. And I, I'm definitely going to sound like the old man here, but I remember the year, the first year, we media used to stay in what was basically the area where the Calliope stage is, that, that VIP area just to the whatever that is, west of the witch stage. Mm-hmm. And it was a wide open field with one tree. Yeah, it sucked. It was hotter than 40 hells. They moved us. We I went up there all ready for that, and I remember couldn't find it. And the, my contact couldn't help me, so I'm driving around, and they put us in the trees. Mm-hmm. And I remember spending about 30 or 40 minutes complaining that I was now going to be farther away than what <laughs> I was used to. And how could they do this? And what were they thinking? And, you know, why didn't anybody ask me kind of thing? 
And then it dawned on me there were trees. Mm. And along yeah. with trees comes shade yeah. and also a lot more space. My point being, you know, I don't, I don't, not giving them a pass on every change because they they do make mistakes squarch cough Squ- squarch yeah that, yeah <laughs> um you know it's i'm kind of and i think you and i've learned this you remember three years ago when we started seriously really doing this how puckered we were that we weren't even going to go they were making too many changes they were yeah. not being kind to us and right. blah, 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 live nation blah 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 and we had what one of the best years yeah personally not musically necessarily but best years ever so i'm a little bit more of a wait and see in part because of what we talked about on that episode the last episode that these are changes that they've studied they think they have a solution or at least the start of a solution on how to get people into their campsites quicker and this these are the results of some of that and getting you into your campsite quicker that's probably why they add Another, they change up the tiers of tickets a little bit, and now not just GA. Now they have GA plus, uh, whatever in the world that means. But they say GA plus is entrance lane into center. It's a fast track getting you into center from your campsite. Shade fans, comfortable seating, center lounge, uh, air conditioned restrooms, etc. And you know you're talking tier one. On Black Friday, that's a $490 ticket. Uh, that's for GA+. You know, you have to figure out whether or not the extra $200 is worth it. I, I don't know. You know, but some people would give $200 for a faster track into Cineru. Absolutely. I'm telling you, I can't imagine sitting in a car for nine hours going two feet, you know, or yeah. 40 feet or whatever. So I'm like you. What about a fast lane for beer? Because they're giving that too. With a GA plus ticket, I'm all, I'm you got that fast track to beer. I'm, now, now they're thinking. Yeah, right. Which, by the way, I, I know this doesn't have anything to do with the changes, but I do want to inform you on something that I, I found out. I was pretty startled as to how much money PBR paid for their sponsorship rights to be the beer sponsor for Bonnaroo last year. I think it would stun you as to how low it actually was. Now, I don't know what Miller paid when Miller Lite was the the sponsor and they had their own wing of the festival. You know, they had Mm. like a private place where you could go and Miller had a much bigger footprint. So it was going to cost them a lot more money. But from what I was told, PBR only paid $100,000 to be there, Mm. to be the, the premier beer sponsor at every beer stand in the festival. That doesn't seem, for me, if I'm PBR, that's a steal. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it every weekend. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that how it works out. I know, you know, when we talk to uh, a pizza guy, Spicy Pie, these festivals pretty much pay the bills. He just has to do a couple of these. So mm-hmm. They turn out a lot of, All lot right. of products. So, so let's go through some of the other changes. They're changing the campsites and moving group camping into a different space. Now, I know that that is going to upset the groupers, right? The The group campers. That makes sense. I know why they're upset. Change is very uncomfortable. They are basically giving you a whole plaza. They're giving you a 24-hour plaza now. As I'm not a grouper, so the group people are going to have to explain to me, does that make it a little bit better for you? If you had one a plaza that you could go to 24 hours and, and you know shows happening at all hours of the night... And the activity that, that you see in some of the other plazas, uh, that seems to me like a pretty good deal. Yeah, I, I agree. Depends on what they put in there. And and we have heard from those people, including Daniel and uh, Charlotte and those guys last week, you know, they go for the group camping. The lineup is not necessarily top of the list. Sure. So does that mean they skip one fewer? Or, I mean, one more show a day or two more? Do they just hang out in camp? I don't know. I've It's... Some of those walks from some of those plazas are pretty good ways. 
mm-hmm. you know, and like, like I do, you make fun of me, but it's just as easy to sit around camp and have a good time <laughs> <laughs> sometimes as it is to go to make that track. So yeah, they're moving group, uh, farther. I think the biggest complaint that I saw from some of the online guys about it is that it's farther away from, um, pod six, you know, where they had some of the other, the other events and they're moving tent camping as well. But so the tick camping thing is is the one thing that I can probably understand the criticisms on. It doesn't really make sense as to why they move tent camping unless you're trying to think that they're trying to squeeze a little bit more money out of you. Look, if you are a tent-only camper and you park your car forever away and then decide to walk all of your gear into um, the tent-only camping, that to me is pretty substantial. And I find that to be a pretty good, you know, trade-off. To ask them to then walk a little bit further and more, <laughs> only to be further away from yeah. the entrance, is a little strange. Uh, it's a little strange. If if nothing else, it's strange, but it does feel a little bit like trying to get you into that GA plus sort of tier, don't you think? I'm sure there's some of that. Yeah, I mean, these guys are business people. I'm sure it's, yeah, let's give you something, but you're going to pay for it, which, you know, what are you going to do? That's how it works. Yeah. Well, uh, when you go back and you look, we, after we talked about the traffic problems on the last show, Rubus did a, a poll. Did you notice this poll that he did on Twitter? If you follow him at the real Rubus, uh, he asked basically, how long of a line did you have in 2019? Under an hour, one to three hours, three to six hours, more than six hours. There were 400 votes. One to three hours had 33%. 26% of people said more than six hours. A quarter of respondents said more than six hours. Yeah. That is unbelievable. And somebody pointed out, I was reading some of that uh, today too on, on Reddit, and I'd forgotten about the rain. You know, the rain hit right as we were getting there, there anyway on that uh, that Wednesday night. Now, I know a lot of people were already in because they start moving them as soon as they can, but that rain delayed things, what? Yeah, that's a good couple point. couple hours. And it feels like it always rains that Wednesday. It feels yeah. like it rains every Wednesday before Bonnaroo. One guy responded to us, uh, Robert Pesta, 15 hours he waited from 2 p.m. Wednesday to 6.30 a.m. Thursday. What a weird wake-up call that is, 6.30 a.m. You're like, hey, all right, come on. Wow. That hurts my body. Yeah, that hurts too. I mean, you got to roll over every so often. Did I miss it? <laughs> Did I yeah, sleep you through sleep. it? No, there's no, yeah, you can't sleep. Yeah, you, it's awful. too, that's awful. It's too much worry. The first year, if you remember, the traffic on the freeway was a disaster. It was lined up almost all the way to here to Chattanooga, it seemed like. They fixed that pretty quickly. They moved everybody to the shoulder. Uh, so, you know, it didn't tie up interstate traffic. Yeah. Um, I, I did ask Jeff because, you know, we had the Exit 111 uh, festival on the same site, what, three months ago, mm-hmm. September, if they learned anything from that experience because it was a lot smaller and he said not a thing. <laughs> I don't mean to, to sidetrack here, but, you know, when they I'd love to hear the conversations as to what they start saying in those planning meetings as to how they're going to fix certain problems, because, you know, this dumb guy. I'm just going to say, well, why don't you just uh, let people come earlier? Yeah. You know, just uh, open it up Monday. See how, see how many people come Monday. Because it sounds to me like most of the problem is because people decide to come on Wednesday and they're not ready and they get stuck there. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, you hear all these responses, most of the responses like, well, if you, I showed up Thursday 
I left four hours later than you and got in four hours early. Or yeah, I yeah, waited 15 sure. minutes on a Thursday when you guys waited 15 hours on a Wednesday afternoon. I, how they've come up with the solution is where I'm so fascinated and well, and it's, where I don't it's, really it's know. Not what the only two, are. like uh, we've talked to what people who said, uh, just because you're first in line doesn't mean you're getting the primo space. Right. First well, they're changing that too. Send you year. all the way to the back. Well, sometime. they're changing it that depended, again so. this year too. And first come, first serve. You know, the earlier you get there, the closer you are going to be to the entrance. Now again, well, you know what that's going to do. That sounds to me be like a problem Monday. in a yeah, a problem <laughs> in the making. You've got people waiting until, you know, for yeah. for 4 days wanting to get up front. Yeah, and you know, we've had what private conversations with a couple of people who have said the whole it becoming a Wednesday now through Monday event is not what they had in mind. It was supposed to be basically a Friday through Okay, well, talk this Thursday. out with me for a second, though. And I know that there's going to be, you know, problems that I don't know. Granted, but what is the holdup? What is the problem with with opening it up on a Wednesday uh, or opening it up? Is it like, yeah? I mean, you put have, on have, events. To have, you, people, to have people just hang out on a Tuesday night? You tell me. You put on all kinds of events. If you have a two o'clock show, do you want to be there at nine a.m. because somebody wants to hang out and be responsible for well, them? Well, the, the 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 setup of the plazas and all that don't have to change. But why why not let people if there is an opportunity let them in on a Tuesday night if they want to? You still got all the you got to have porta potties, you got to have security, you got to have staff. You can't just let people into the to the field. Okay. I mean, that would be disastrous, yeah. I would think. Is it? Is it? I don't, see, these are the things that I, dumb guy that was yeah, in the room, I mean, just I'd be think asking. About, I mean, all right, so if you went up Tuesday, that means you, you and they're not ready, you're avoiding security checks, so you're just taking anything in with you that you want, and now if, if, I'm, if I'm the Bonnaroo people, am I supposed to go back? on Wednesday night and start checking your car that's already been parked for two days. I mean, that ain't going to work. So yeah, no. And I mean, it's, it's, you know, for years people got there early and Walmart let them sit in that parking lot. And then it became so big that Bonnaroo started letting them in because they'd rather have the city of Manchester. I've been told, and I can see the logic would rather them be inside Bonnaroo and be their responsibility Mm -hmm. than be on the streets of Manchester and be their response. I never did understand why Walmart didn't just call, uh, you know, somebody in, in Nashville, like, hey, we come play a show in our parking lot. They did have shows did there. They? So, yeah. I'm well, I think sure. they had like makeshift people like yeah. s- like show up and just start I playing. One year they had somebody come and play. I don't know. They have the pre-show the night before, right? Well, the, I know, the, like I know, mini... like the Waffle House did it one year. Like Waffle House off on the grounds, like decided to do a show in the parking lot. Um, but yeah, Walmart, what a great, what a great, great, to turn it into. They were pretty much doing, doing similar, but you know, it's a litigious society and liability and whose fault is it if something bad happens. And so, no, I, I get it. I don't know what the, and I get people, especially if I'm driving across country or from, you know, up East, I want to get there. So I, I understand people thinking we'll get there Wednesday and get on in. But I so I don't know. Uh, and I've, I'm like you. I've always heard people who left Thursday morning mm-hmm. had, you know, a much shorter time to get in because everybody crushes to get in. Yeah. And then if it happens like last year where you have rain right at that key time where they shut everything down, uh, you got those delays. Yeah. All right, so uh, other changes uh, that they, uh, they've they got other than traffic stuff? Just some of the VIP stuff, right? They're putting, what, the Platinum Group over somewhere around us. Right. Um, yeah, they still haven't figured out their, their footing after Roll Like a Rockstar. 
went away. And I'll be honest with you, these platinum people. Now, God, God, God bless you. God bless you if you've got the money to do this. But, you know, these guys get better access than most of the artists. Yeah. You know, it's really. They get treated very, really, yeah. really frustrating to me sometimes. If I'm if they're asking me if I'm a Visa Platinum card holder or whatever the hell they yeah. ask me, it's very frustrating. What do they have, like laundry service and <laughs> meals, two meals a day, stuff like that? Well, that's something we should have brought to camp, laundry service. Can yeah, we make that happen? That's a good idea. <laughs> That'd be funny, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, my worst camp idea ever. Uh, you know, we try to come up with d- dumb, goofy ideas for Camp Nut Butter every year. And uh, one year, I had the stupidest idea of bringing a kiddie pool. Yeah, it was dumb. That was really dumb. That was, uh, it surprises me, actually. The germaphobe bringing the bringing pe- a petri pool. dish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't think it through entirely. Yeah, no, no it, was, it was one and done. Yeah. Uh, so then they, uh, so they're, they're, they're moving a little bit of the platinum people. They're, they're rearranging VIP a little bit. Um, it's, you know, sounds to me in that press release that they acknowledge that they moved the hill. Just saying, <laughs> I'm putting that out there. If you reread the press release, it sounds to me like they're talking about how they've already moved the hill, but you may read it a little differently than I. I'm pretty sure that I do. Okay. The, uh, <laughs> the thing that, that is going to cause the most, uh, ripples outside the traffic, the, um, Calliope stage is no longer. Now, again, great news for these guys, may not be great news for you if you really, really like the Calliope stage. Now, uh, did we get? It, it's a little redundant. I always thought a little. I thought it was a tad redundant to have the Calliope on one side and then the other Agree. doing nonstop EDM as well. It just seemed a tad redundant. They're combining the two and they're going to do an all night thing at the other, which makes so much more sense. Okay, well that's what I wondered. I never saw the the for sure where it would go because they couldn't obviously get rid of EDM. But yeah, I agree. You made. Very little sense to me to have both. You've got this basically one whole corner of the center route dedicated mm-hmm. to EDM, and then you're going to stick Calliope yeah. over there by which, us. Which makes and I, and they sure were not going to put it next to the platinum. No, that's the thing. That the reason why they got rid of Calliope, I'm making this clear to you. My opinion is because the platinum people were complaining about it because it was too loud and lasted all night. Yeah, because yeah. on the other side of that, very very thick, impenetrable wall yeah. of plywood. Right. People who just paid like $3,000. They paid a lot of money. <laughs> Probably want to get a night's sleep. No possible way they were keeping it there. Though, I don't know why, the, but that stage never bothered me. I get up early anyway, but I don't know why it never bothered me. And we had a ball there that one night after Gucci Mane at 30 in the morning. There so. are plenty of people in our space that it bothers. Um, no, I have sure. I have grown after 15 years of this. I've just grown accustomed to sleeping through it. It yeah. does like it doesn't really mo- bother me. I'm not looking to get you know verge of death level sleep anyway. That's right. not really what I'm looking right, for. Right, I'm going right. to be okay. Uh, but they're combining the two, and and from what I understood, the, the Calliope that was a purchased thing. Like they actually have to pay a service and a company to do that. Uh, so that is one less expense that they I have to incur. It, but yeah, it makes sense with the, all the smoke and fire and the events around it, I guess, or the, the rumor, the thought, the rumor was they were going to put it somewhere else. I've heard that they're not bringing it back at all. So, you know, if it, if it shows up in camp and shows up in, you know, where in the woods or whatever, so cool. But yeah. I've, I've sort of gotten the impression that it's not coming back at all, which makes you start to ask yourself what in the world happens to that corner. Because it used to be 
It used to be the comedy tent. Right. Does that mean they're bringing the comedy tent back? I don't know. That was always the weirdest thing. It was cool that they had it, but it was so limited as to how many people could get in there. I never quite. It, it was limited, and I know a lot of stand-up comics, and I've not heard many of them say nice things about yeah, it. I, they don't like the experience. They don't like being there. If I had to put my money on something, I would not be putting it on a comedy tent yeah. coming back. I you know, they have a theater, right? They already show movies. They have a theater tent. Yeah. To me, like I said, they when you're sitting down making a list of cool things we'd like to have at our festival, that I could see that coming up, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and I I don't think I ever saw a show in there. I think the first year I went, it was the place you went to get air conditioning. Get air conditioning, yeah. I've seen a few things in there. I saw Louis C.K., I saw Rich Voss, I saw Jim Norton. Tried to get into the Conan thing that year. It just it didn't, didn't work out. That, well, they did him on the big screen outside, didn't they? Wasn't it Conan that they did? Yeah, that? you could watch it there. That was cool. Yeah, I mean, um, the field next to it. But was it was cool. it was relatively small. The line was forever. You had forever. to stay there forever, and it just yeah. look logistically. I don't think it works, and I don't think that the comedians like it to begin with. So I agree. And what, then they tried what having them on the stages, the music stages before acts. That doesn't. Work. It's dude it doesn't work. That is so dumb. I we said it last year and before the thing that it's just dumb. Nobody, like comics do not perform that way. And first off, it's called stand-up comedy because they're the ones standing up. (laughs) It doesn't work when everybody else is standing up. Yeah, fair enough. It just doesn't work. Just, there's no reason for them to be there. It's nice if they want to show up and, and, you know, be an MC of a stage. Now, I wouldn't mind that coming back. We talked about this on the Rubus podcast. David Byrne curated an entire stage five years ago, right? Yep. And got to got to basically bring who he wanted to on stage. Man, I really do wish there were, those days were back. I wish that Dan Arbach could do one stage entirely for the weekend. Yeah, you know, I, I asked a couple of the AC guys about that, the whole collaborations, which was such a cool thing, like you said. I guess they are doing it now. They're just doing it in the plaza. It's fewer and fewer. Yeah, they are. But they said, you know, and I, it, it was the same conversation where I asked about, are they doing shorter sets? Remember, that was an issue with, you i still don't think they told you the truth yeah uh, the answer was it's what they're asking what the shows are asking Mm -hmm. and uh i could i could see it in one sense because a lot of these guys it's what they do night in and night out and so on the one hand i could see you know it's a lot of work and effort to change things up but on the other hand for some of them anyway i could see yeah that's a lot of that's different that's what we want to do i think there's maybe fewer of those Mm -hmm. but i do miss it too those were the surprise, look, hey, who's look who's in yeah. the wings? Come on out. Yep. Um, uh, so that corner is going to turn into something. My bet is if I uh, if it's not going to be a comedy tent. I, look, I just don't think the comedy tent's coming back. Uh, if I had to guess, it's going to be something major sponsor related. Yeah, it's going to be a VIP type of area. We won't see it. Which, by the way, the VIP tent next to the witch... I've never understood why that's there. It feels like it feels like it's so in the way on the other everything. side of the fence. Yes, yeah, no, no, that, no, 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 no the other, other side, side of, the fence, of the walkway. I mean, where the, the where the the cray musties are, where the jalapeno corn dogs are on the left as you're walking, um, you know, towards the witch. Right, you're on the right side of the road. You got the jalapeno corn dogs on the left, and on the right, right before the exit to go back to our camp. You've got the VIP yeah. free drink area. It's never made much sense there. So it's they had sort the of one in the there, way. and then they have another tent that used to be that is where guest camping was. And I've been in there twice when they did the um, the introduc- induction presentation for Bob Weir mm-hmm. and uh, the Edge uh, to the guitar, and I don't remember the exact thing, but 
They had like a dinner in there. I told you that was one of the most awkward. Where you got to sit there and watch people. Yeah, watch. I was a bit yeah. like the help. The first year was terrific. The second year we got to stand around the like, outside of the tables and watch people. Like eat. all of a sudden you're a member of the Downton Abbey staff. That's exactly yeah. what I felt like. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a story. That's a story for another day. Please <laughs> hold on to that story because it's a really really good one. Um, let's see. Uh, anything else to go through when it comes to changes before we get into uh, some of these rumors and news no, items? Anything I, else? I mean, to me, it's just. Kind of let's wait and see. And I mean, I, God, it sounds so buying in type of thing. But if they're trying to deal with the traffic, they have to do something and they obviously have a plan. And I think as we keep saying, they want you to come back. You know, that's the difference about this festival is it doesn't feel like they're trying to stick it to you at every turn. They're Man, trying you know, to very- make it make it a better experience. That is a really good point. And I think that's why I defend it so much. And it's the reason why I like doing this so much is because I never, as a consumer, I never feel taken for granted. Yeah. And I like brands who don't insult my intelligence and don't try to lie to me. And they don't do that. They do not do that. They're pretty upfront with, with their, their misgivings and the things that they succeed at. They don't pat themselves on the back very often. They have guys like us to do that. (laughs) But uh, more often than not, they get it right. And they get these things, especially the big things, they get it right. And they never take you for granted when they do it. I think I lose I lose sight of that too often. No, that's I think uh, I think that's the thing. You know, I never feel like their hands in my wallet. I I take that back. Yeah, we talk about that when they the first year that we started seeing the VIP tent near where you're talking about. That was awkward to me. That was like, oh man, this thing is taking a turn, and I don't like where it's going. Mm-hmm. But if we go back, that's sort of part of the progression of what we've been talking about. You know, they did mm-hmm. the trees, they did the grass, then they put the bath, or they put the VIP, and then the bathroom. So it was, it was just the exact same thing we're talking about with this parking. You can't do it all at once. They needed to find a way to get more money and, and more experiences for people who were willing to pay. Put it mm-hmm. that way. You mm-hmm. can say it was sellout. You can say it changed the whole jam band hippie fest thing. But they obviously saw a opportunity to, to sell VIP experiences, and they did. For me, it felt weird that year mm-hmm. looking back. I get it. Yeah, sure. You know, they did that, and now they're doing the experiences out in the plazas. Mm-hmm. you you got to pick and choose. They, they can't just fix everything all at once. Yeah, and, you know, they think that they have something really strong with these plazas. They really think they've well, got... They do. They've got a, um, they got a hidden secret, a hidden gem with these plazas, and I would not be surprised if, you know, you don't see a ton of money being poured into, you know, making the plaza shows something even even more special. That's why I would I would caution anybody that's in the group to get too upset about being moved into a like your own plaza thing from. So because what I'm understanding, like that's at least from where I was last year when we went out to the Camp Redaru, I didn't see a plaza anywhere near it. No. Now, maybe they don't want no, it, I, to be honest. But it sounds to me like a, a pretty good trade off. To be honest, other than the fact that the Red Roo guys were there and they were having that awesome beer exchange, I'm not sure that was the camp I wanted to be in, you know, given what we've seen in some of the others. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe they fixed that. Um, the other thing, and I don't know if you want to explore it, get into it kind of, but it's along those same lines. I think uh, Kevin made a great point during that last podcast about the cost of the artist skyrocketing. You And you made this exact same point. You know, you're not going to get, artist a b c and d because that's already five million dollars the combination of the having these plazas and those experiences at a lot less amount can make a lot more people happier maybe than 
the Beatles or the Rolling, you know, right. artists, whatever, at two million dollars. Yeah. Um, and I so I think I think as a, from a business standpoint, that makes a lot of sense. They've realized that if we sell the experience, it doesn't matter so much the lineup. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we can we can spend money on the experience and have control over that versus who knows what artists are available each year. That is a great point. You know, you almost insulate yourself from a bad music cycle. Exactly. Because you've created something that is uh, so innately special and so you that it doesn't, you know, uh, an up and down music cycle you don't have to, you know, suffer through. Yeah. I mean, our 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 local small term example of that is the Nightfall Concert Series, which we have, which is a free concert every Friday, the spring, summer, and into the early fall. It has earned the respect of of the local folks that it doesn't matter who the artist is, you mm-hmm. know, it's going to be a good time. You yeah. know what you're going to get. You know what your experience is going to be. Um, so that's, I mean, that's kind of the same thing that we're saying. But I, I think it's smart. I mean, I, when we've when you and I started talking to these folks that go into these these um, plazas, that was such an eye opener for me. Yeah, like yeah, you know, really you and did. I both said it. We've never considered going yep. out there other than the you know the novelty of seeing how yep. bad it was. And after we started talking, about it, I was like, wow, I think I'd rather be out there in some some instances. So it's um, a, it's a smart thing to do. So I'm going through uh, some of the things that. Uh, oh yeah, by the way. By the time you're listening to this, the Shaky Knees lineup will have come out, and there's always some crossover between Shaky Knees and Bonnaroo. For me, I don't think that there's a uh, music festival's lineup more identifiable to my musical taste than Shaky Knees. It's got its own issues, but for a small-scale festival, it's really, really, really well done. I had hoped to have had the lineup by now to to at least talk about, but it's not going to work out. I appreciate the C3 guys for even trying, but the uh, the Shaky Knees lineup would probably be out by now, so a lot of things that we're saying may not even be pertinent, right. but you know, there's always plenty of crossover between one and the other. I just wanted to go through some of these things that I notice are part of like the conversation, especially when you come to the the headliners, the rumored headliners that came out, I guess, on Infaru the other day or wherever the hell it came out. Tool, Tame Impala, Lizzo. Couple things. Tame Impala is the, you know, the slam dunk sure thing of 2020. There's just no reason for it not to happen. And I've heard, I've been hearing Tool for the better part of three months. Uh, makes a lot of sense. It would be a show I'd be enormously excited to see because it's something that I've bypassed in the years past. And then we get to Lizzo. So I, I'm not going to toot my own horn or pat myself on the back here, but I think that I am in an unusual position to talk very specifically about Lizzo um, for a few reasons. Uh, and I'm not going to get into what they are. But it seems 50-50 on whether or not people believe that she is a headliner. Uh, it seems as though it's a point of contention that they don't understand what Lizzo is. Even I've read so many comments about who's Lizzo. Okay, fair enough. Let me just try and and paint a picture for you. When she came to Chattanooga, she did a free show for my radio stations because I was lucky enough to be the the first guy to ever play her on the radio because I found her and I, you know, just said the hell with it. I was going to start playing her on the air and, and just did it without the record label really wanting me to. She came and did something for us she was very kind and gave us all that. We'll play the interview, you know, when the festival gets closer and you can hear exactly what she was on the verge of becoming. She was, the zeitgeist was turning in her direction. And I right. said to her then, 
you are a combination of Oprah and Beyonce. And her tour manager looked at me and she said, we are going to be doing arenas by the end of this tour. So their plan in 2020 has always been she is going to be doing arenas. This is before she even was sniffing the top 30. They knew it. They could just feel it turning. So in 2020, they are going to do arenas and it will be an off album cycle. So big time shows, big time venues, Bonnaroo is one of them. And it fits perfectly into exactly what Bonnaroo is. Positivity, no body shaming, and she would be the very first ever, if she is in that top line, she will be the very first ever female headliner that Bonnaroo's ever had. Uh, Now you can argue whether or not that's that. Should be or should not be. But Lizzo is a major, major star. Yep. And I know people do this Cardi B analogy a lot. I would argue that she's bigger than Cardi B and she's more mainstream than Cardi B. Now, I know I'll get railed on that. But in my mind, Lizzo is, they're basically banking on the Tame Impala album being great uh, and Lizzo being even bigger than she is now. And I'll throw one more little caveat in here. In about two months is the Grammy Awards. You know, she's going to be nominated for a slew of Grammys. Why not get her now when she's probably somewhere around $225,000 versus the three plus that Cardi B cost you? Put her on the headlining slot. Put her up top. Maybe give her the witch stage late at night. Why not do that now? And oh, by the way, save a few bucks and hope that you catch lightning in a bottle a with run. a with a Grammy award winning two number one singles and a third one on the way come this time come June of 2020. Why not? How much do you think? And I have absolutely nothing to support this. How much do you think internally the folks that put these lineups together are uh, thinking about that fact that they've not had a female headliner ever? It's a great question. I don't. You know, it's a great question. I'd love to ask them. Yeah. I can't believe we haven't, to be honest with you, because yeah. because it is something that is that's that's a big deal. It's a big deal now, and the fact that we haven't had one is pretty startling and surprising. And I know people and are. By, gonna, we should say by headliners for guys listening, we're talking about that top line, right? I mean, they've had plenty of people, females playing the what stage, but not on that top line, right? And I and I, you know, again, not to be an apologist or whatever, I think some of it you have to look year to year. Do you just put a female on there just just for the sake to get of off the schneid or there are years that you just you would have wanted to and there just wasn't um so i don't i don't know it, it's i i know that putting together a lineup is not as easy as a lot of people want to think like no. you talked about you know a couple of weeks ago on the show you got to add up those numbers and the the artist that you got 10 years ago is as daniel pointed out is not getting the same money right. today that he was. So there's a lot of factors, but and I'm gonna th- I'm gonna it's interesting. In, I'm going to throw in one more thing about this Lizzo thing. First and foremost, the AC people, when they put things on their lineup, they're going for quality. They're right. going for something that's good. Right. They don't just, I don't think that that's they necessarily what, just throw shit on a stage because it's popular and they can do something with absolutely. it. Absolutely. Mean, dude, I have, I've been to now seven Lizzo shows in a year. I can't explain to you how much fun they are. This is an enormous amount of fun and it just keeps getting better and better and bigger. And every show that I've seen, I leave every one of them like, that was even better than last time well, I saw it. And I'm sure that they've seen... She's come through Nashville three different times in this this past year. Yeah. I, there's no way they haven't seen that show. Yeah, and it's an interesting... You know, you're talking about Booker now type of thing. And she she obviously is... I think will be good in June. 
But that is something they have to consider. You know, you've got somebody with a red hot single or maybe even two of them and you book them now. She'll have three by June. And she's not probably a good example, but this is what they try to avoid. Um, they try to avoid booking that artist that has the hot act, but after, say, January, February, nobody Fizzle wants out. to give them the time of day. Right. That's the last thing they want is to put somebody up with a tired hit, well, one hit. Well, they did do that once, Macklemore. I was thinking the exact same thing. They were hoping, they were thinking that Macklemore album was going to do a lot better than it did. And that second time that Macklemore came around, boy, what a stinker. What yeah. a stinker. You no, know, and that's exactly the example I was thinking. I mean, he crushed it the, the time before three o'clock show on the what right i mean that's such an example to me of first of all i knew the the novelty hit but that's all i knew mm-hmm. i didn't know he had 90 minutes of of solid material in that and it was fun it was so much it was fun, so fun and, and the it, crowd was huge, huge. It blew me away yeah uh and then he comes back the next time and it's meh yeah I, mean, I don't think it was not a good deal is there anything else that i should have brought up about uh, the lizzo i guess the the, the insummation I think Lizzo is a top three act. I think that she is based on um, the show and how good it is, how much she means to the zeitgeist and the 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 price and the cost that it is going to eventually actually cost you. And my bet is it's somewhere two and a quarter. Not to get too off in the weeds in it, but I, would I, I think I think it works, and I think it fits everything that that festival is. That's what she is. I think it fits everything that that festival is becoming by just what we just talked about for the last 45 minutes. And by the way, I'm going to just interrupt real quick. There's only been one person I can remember that has made this big of a leap this quickly in the Bonnaroo world, and that's Dua Lipa. And um, let me tell you, Lizzo is so much bigger than Dua Lipa. Yeah. Uh, so if Dua Lipa can do it, uh, Lizzo can do it. And this would and this would, makes me so excited about her actually playing the what or even an, an advanced and, and grown up witch stage. This will be the biggest show of her life. And that excites me. Well, that's what I you mentioned the witch stage. That's what I was going to say is if maybe they're coming down off that idea of our headliners have to be the two and a half million dollar superstars and we spread it around a little bit more. It makes a lot more sense. So. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, a couple other things just uh, of note, or at least as of right now, uh, the high women are out. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's a piece of news or not. Again, I don't follow this as, as closely as, as some. Uh, I try to keep my pulse, uh, the finger on the pulse a little bit, but high women, from what I understand, are out. Anything else that, uh, that I've Do, they're, we're, seen? We're bringing back uh, the Grand Ole Opry, you imagine? Um, I mean... <laughs> I know. It didn't work for me. I know. It didn't work for a lot of people. Unless it was unless it's recalibrated and again, I would hope it was it would be recalibrated to something like Dan Arbach and Friends uh doing you know, him bringing some of his, you know, easy eye sound guys up on stage and doing you know, sort it's of an his curated I mean, thing as sort of like a country super gym, maybe. Yeah. But as far as the Grand Ole Opry in, as a as a stage show, I don't want to be a jerk, but I don't necessarily want to see that again. Yeah, I I I was glad to have seen it because I wanted to see those artists, uh, and it's going you'd be hard pressed in some ways to find you know more perfectly suited for Grand Ole Opry artists than what they had. Mm-hmm. But does that mean they bring you know they recalibrate it as you say and and bring in some 
other folks to do more of a roundtable. Yeah. The problem was it was done as the radio show that it is, and it just, there was too much downtime. It was. And here's here's the craziest part. I don't know where country goes for them this year. I think they struck gold last year with Casey Musgraves and Maren Morris and Brandy Brandy Carlisle and their crossover appeal that they had with their country. I can't find a country artist that I think makes any sense for Bonnaroo this year unless they're willing to pay major dollars for like Zach Brown. Uh, You've got Sturgill Simpsons taking a weird career turn and is already going on tour and has got a Bridgestone date. He's taking Tyler Childers with him. Is Dan and Shay... That no, damage. That's not going to work. That was the um, least country song I've ever seen on a country show. Yeah, so I happened to see that. And I looked at my wife and said, "This is what is." I mean, it was okay. Yeah. I liked it, but it was not. <laughs> I can I can see a Kelsey Ballerini maybe working in a crossover way like that. I I don't know. I don't know where country goes in this festival. There's got to be a time and a conversation sometime in there that they say, you know what, we really want to be something, but we can't force it. Can we right. just punt every now and then? That's a great, great point, and that's that's a huge <laughs> that's a huge part of the conversation for people who were out there imagining their own lineups right. to have with themselves. Just because you want it, does it work? Yeah. And does it work this year for this amount of money and with everything else? And that is, that's the trick yeah. right there. You know, Macklemore again, made perfect sense. It seems like they had one other artist that year that they banked on quite a bit that didn't, it didn't work out the home run hmm. that they were thinking. You know, I, I don't know when we're going to do the next round of shows. I don't know when we're going to be back in here doing uh, some Bonnaroo talk, but probably between now and then. Now, we already know Shaky Knees. Uh, you've got Coachella coming. You've got the Hangout lineup coming the first week of December. I know that for a fact. You've got Coachella probably somewhere around there. You've got Bonnaroo on sale on Black Friday. I know we're going to have some Bonnaroo tickets to give away here on the uh, on the podcast. There's going to be a lot going on between now and the end of the year, so we'll try to pop in, but then you know, we're looking once the turn of the year happens, it's it's lineup time. Yep. You know, first, second week of January, you can fully expect a, a, a Bonnaroo lineup. So, you know, if there's news between now and then, we'll definitely try and, and get in to, to sort of sort it out, all out and talk about it. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, if uh, you want to hit us up at the what underscore podcast on Twitter at the what underscore podcast on Instagram. And by the way, can we... Say it again. I know we said it during the Rubus podcast, but we don't know how we would survive without Lord Taco. Oh, yeah. Uh, Russ, uh, we call him, if we affectionately know him as Lord Taco, the Lord of tweeting and communicating online. But Russ is his real name, at Russ with the bus. Uh, he's going to keep us on target. I mean, he does everything social media-wise. He does the website. He does he puts us on all of the platforms. If you didn't know, we're on Spotify now. We're on all of your uh, listening uh, platforms, all of your stores, and he's even developing a what podcast app. You know, this, well, and this he put guy us on YouTube. Amazing. That last episode was on YouTube. He I'd edited be, the video for the what podcast robust crossover. I would be too. curious to know what you guys out there thought of that. I I know it's um, you know Brad will tell you he's a good looking guy, but it's he scares some people. So I Me wonder or Taco. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if anybody really wants to see it in that forum. So yeah, I mean, we're it, thinking, you know, for for 2020, doing a, a few more live episodes. We extended, you know, the offer to some partners who want to do some live uh, shows. So, uh, you know, if we end up doing them, maybe you can join us. If yeah. you're available, you can come to Chattanooga at Brad Stinks on Twitter at the What underscore Podcast on Twitter. What's uh, old Barry uh, at got? Barry JC at Barry JC on Twitter. Barry Jesus Christ. That's right. 
Nice. That's Barry and Brad. <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, guys. Love you. Bye. Through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year? That matter. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corner.